Good morning, everybody. Welcome in the precious name of Jesus. It's so wonderful to be together as those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And it's so good to be here. And may the Lord bless you in a special way. And I want to preach this morning on Christmas from the perspective of God. From God's perspective. All right, can you hear me? Yes. Sarah, I'm so happy. Is it wonderful that the Lord protected you? Praise the Lord. You have so many reasons to thank the Lord. So many reasons. Don't forget it. And bless the Lord for what He has done. And so this morning I want to preach from Matthew chapter 1, the verses 21 to 23. This morning a rather short um, scripture, but we'll see how the Lord is going to lead us. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. That we are here together in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that we needed a Savior and you are the Savior for the whole world. I bless your wonderful name. And I pray, Lord, as I preach this word, Lord, lead me by your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for your word. Your word is live. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, give grace to speak your word. Give grace, O Lord, to listen to your word. And also give grace to act upon your word. In the wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, God sees things different than we see things sometimes. And it's so important to see things from the perspective of God. Because everything, anyway, in our life and in eternity goes according God's plan and His wonderful will. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God is not going to ask humanity, what do you think, how should I do eternity? What should I do in eternity? Won't you be bored? Has anybody a good idea about what is going to happen in eternity? God has everything worked out already. Amen? Hallelujah. For one thing is for sure. When you go to heaven, there will be happiness. There will be joy in the Holy Spirit. There will be joy for everybody. And there was a song people sang in America, Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful, 
Heaven is a glorious, heaven is a wonderful place. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now we all know in what season we are. So my wife, she bought for me some new slippers in the house. And the lady that was at Myers, and the lady was very nice. And I thought perhaps she might know what Jesus, who Jesus is. But then when we came to the cashier and we paid it, and then uh, I said to her, do you know what is the reason for this season? And she said, Santa Claus said, no. <laughs> the reason for this season is Jesus. Amen. The reason for this season is Jesus. And I want to preach about Jesus. I've got nothing to say about donkeys. Perhaps later on, I don't know. I have nothing to say about camels. Nothing to say about all the things people think they were so important at Christmas. The most important thing is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I had listened sometimes in the past, you know, carols by candlelight. It might be tonight or tomorrow night. I, I don't know. But it's certainly going to come. Watch what they are singing. And I watched what they were singing then years ago. And many songs they were singing had nothing to do with Christmas. And I find them very, very silly. I'm out of the silly stage. That is as a teenager when you're 12, 13 years, then you might come into a silly stage. But I'm out of it. And... They are songs, especially Americans. I'm sorry, any American here, but you have to bear with me. The American like a Christmas song. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and song. And I tell you what, they can sing it with such a devotion as if they would sing a song to God to praise God. Let them dream about white Christmas. It's not going to be happening here in Australia. Is it right? And I'm happy that I'm here in Australia. Hallelujah. I come from Germany. You have picked it already on my accent, haven't you? Anybody not picked it that I'm a German? Oh, these two guys. Now, you are, are you Australians? Yeah, one is Greek, one is Italian. Okay, God bless you. Now, and uh, we in Germany, we have got this Christmas uh, uh, thing about. It has to be snow. And uh, people sing here also a song, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. I don't know how to do that. But one thing, Australia has rid me of all my German North, or North European Christmas fantasy. Because... Here is no snow. We had some candles in the early times. We didn't know how it was going to be here in Australia. And the candles, they bent over because of the heat. So, there all my Christmas sensation was gone. And only one thing I learned to focus on, and that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's the main thing. Christ the Savior has born, has been born. It's a wonderful, 
That's why we're here this morning. I've got no stories about snow and all the things, you know, on, what is the reindeer's name called again? Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. I have nothing to say about him. Never read anything about it in the Bible. Neither did I read anything about the elves. I've read something about 12, that is the disciples. Elf in German is the number 11. So that's why that, that joke only makes sin for Germans, or make only uh, sense. Now I've read about Jesus, and that's what I want to preach about this morning. Christ, the Savior, has been born. Jesus is the Son of God. And that's so important to understand. Whether the Muslims like it or not, who cares? Jesus is the Son of God. And I searched the Bible very clearly. I looked into the Greek. I wanted to know who is Jesus. Is Jesus just a normal person, a normal man? No, he is the Son of God. And therefore, our salvation is not upon anybody's name, only upon the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mary knew very clearly when a, the uh, angel Gabriel visited her, and she, as she, he said to her, You shall be of a child, and this child that's be born shall be called the Son of God. And Mary said very clearly and with right, how can this be? Because she said, because I'm a virgin, she wasn't married at that stage. I'm a virgin. And then the angel explained to her everything, what's going to happen with her. And she understood straight away it's not Jesus, it's not a result of a human procreation. He is the one who has been born through the Spirit of God and came into this world. And she said clearly, how is that going to be happened? And the angel said, the Spirit of God will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that what is going to be born within you, it's the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so important. And here, the only thing Joseph had to do was this. He was just the one who announced the name of it, of this child. And this name, you shall call him Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he will save his people from their sin. So we see automatically there's a problem God had with humanity. What was the problem? What is the problem nowadays? Not global warming. The problem is the sin in our personal life. Our personal life and our personal sin, that's the problem that made God a problem. 
and this problem had to be solved. That's why he sent Jesus Christ and Joseph got the words put in his mouth. You shall call him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. And that's so important. The Bible says clearly, and the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This is a true, a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. Now this statement Paul was speaking about, it deserves full attention from you and me. And what is it? This is trust, a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save what? To save sinners, not whales or nature. He came to save sinners. Are there sinners on this world? Have you ever met sinners in your lifetime? Big time, yeah? And you only have to look at yourself then you can say, I am a big time sinner. And that's what Paul said as well. Among whom I am foremost of all. And he was. He hated the Christians. He hated Jesus. But Jesus met him one day on a wonderful clear day. The sun was shining. The dust was on the ground. And he stooped into the dust he fell to his face and then he asked, Lord, what shall I do? Who are you? And a voice from heaven came, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. That means very clearly, and he understood, there is a link between the church and to Jesus. Amen? What happened to this church is happening to Jesus in one way that he acknowledges these things. Hallelujah. And be sure of that. Everything that happened to you, Jesus knows it. Amen. And he knew about the Sadducee or this Pharisee who was lying there in the dust. He knew about him, how he hated the Christians. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. persecuting. Now, and Paul saw himself in the scripture as the foremost sinner of all. A question. Is anybody here who has lied in his life? Hand up. Everybody. Is anybody here who has taken something it doesn't belong to him? Yes. Yes. You know what? This is a congregation full of sinners. Go and ask the police to get them. Yes, we have got a policeman in our midst this morning here. Do you have everything here to take them? Yes. By the way, welcome. These are people from Adelaide. Yes, my dear brother James and his dear wife. 
Sarah, welcome. God bless you. Now, the Apostle Paul speaks about two Adams in the Bible. Two Adams. There was the first Adam and the... What? Second? There is no second Adam. The first and the last Adam. And these are the two Adams I want to talk about this morning. The first Adam, and we know about it, we all are a posterity of this first Adam. Anybody of us born as a human being, let me see your hand. So, it's you and me. You know, you come from the first Adam. And the Bible speaks very clear about it. Now, how did God create the first Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7? If you have it on the screen, we can have it there. Now, I'm reading from the uh, New American Standard Bible. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became what? A living soul. Man became a living soul. Now after the fall, Adam's posterity became a dying, a dying earth dwellers. We are dying earth dwellers, as my dear brother James said it very clearly. That means, very clearly, one day we will take our last breath. And that means it's over here on earth. And then we have to stand before God. Every person will stand one day before God. And the Christians are going to stand before Jesus Christ. And there our lives is going to be sorted out, whether we will receive rewards or not or just being saved as through fire. And that's why it's important, if you call yourself born again, lift the way that you might glorify God, and your works will be tested by fire. And you know very clearly what will stand. Works of, of timber, works of straw, and all that stuff, stubbles and so on, the Bible says, all these things will be burned up. How would you stand before Jesus one day? Everything being burned up. But only the things that have been brought to the Spirit of God in your life, these things will stand. Hallelujah. Isn't it good we're living in Australia? And I learned that a wonderful lesson. And I could preach about it and preach about it and preach about it. I'm not going to do it this morning. We went, went once with friends to Ballarat. If I call this place Ballarat, everybody knows what can you see there. What? Gold. And I asked there, and I was also there when they do the melting of gold, you know, and casting 
this ingot, you know, and so on. It looks beautiful. There was one question that was in my heart, and I asked this guy who does pour in there, you know. Is the gold somehow diminishing in value and weight through all the smeltering processes? I said, no. There's only a metal that will not diminish in any way, and that is gold. And gold is so clean and pure. So if you, are, if you have faith like gold, no matter how often you might go under hard pressure and hot times, whatever, I don't know, your faith will not diminish as it is being cleansed and being pure as gold. Hallelujah. I still have my faith in Jesus Christ since I was 13 years old and it hasn't diminished all these years. How many years are that from, from 13 years on? 62 years. Now you know how old I am. I didn't want to tell you. But I tell you, it has lasted till now. Amen? It has lasted till now. And will last into eternity. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now after God pronounced judgment and salvation to Adam and Eve after the fall, there was something God did. And this is a wonderful foreshadow. A foreshadow of the Son of God going to come. And we read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. The Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So after they sinned, they realized, I have got no clothes on. And that's why they hid from God. Before the fall, Adam and Eve had we're close. Did you know that? Of course, Hollywood doesn't know it. What would they know about the Bible? They think Adam and Eve were naked, undressed. That's why they like to make movies in that stage of human beings. But they were close with the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. When God looked at Eve, he saw the glory of God. When Eve looked at Adam, she saw the glory of God. And how beautifully was Adam dressed then with the glory of God. Anybody dressed with the glory of God is wonderful, is beautiful. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now God took an animal and he took the skin of the animal. Now what happens? How do you get the skin of an animal? What? Yeah, the Australians are good in shearing, aren't they? And some are so quick, I don't know what is the best time in shearing uh, sheep. Five minutes? Now you Aussies, you should know that. 
You should know that. But usually, that lamb, whatever it was, was killed. And here's something already wonderfully important truth being established, and that is this. Hebrews 9.21b says, Without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Nobody can forgive any sin. Only God. And it says, without shedding of blood is no forgiveness. Hallelujah. And that's why we celebrate each Sunday morning the, the communion. And we see and understand that Jesus Christ gave his blood for you and me. If you wouldn't have done it, you and I will never be able to be saved. And we wouldn't be saved at all. Now God spoke throughout the history of the Old Testament of a Redeemer. It wasn't just a surprise God gave to the world. No, the Old Testament people knew about God spoke, there is a Redeemer going to come. And we sang the song, There is a Redeemer. Did you like it? Oh, I like it. I, as far as I know, it's James' favorite song. Is it right, James? One of us, yeah. But he likes to sing it. Now, the time I'm living together with you, I have lived together with you, I almost know everybody. Not what, what is in you that knows the Lord. But according to your behavior and your joy in the Lord. Hallelujah. And I said it on Friday in a prayer meeting. My dear brother, yes, my dear brother Eddie, he has preached that there's one thing God can't do. Brother Eddie, what is that? That is significant for your life. God can't disappoint us. God can't fail. He never, ever fails. Hallelujah. And so I learned from my dear brother James and picked it up very clearly that there is a Redeemer. Hallelujah. And I tell you, this Redeemer is Jesus Christ. He is interested in everybody. Hallelujah. Now, as I said, God spoke throughout the Old Testament over and over again of a Redeemer who was, warned, warned, was going to come. Now, Abram, he was asked by God, will you sacrifice your only son and the son was Isaac. And we'll read in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14, 14, Abraham sacrificed his son, Isaac. And the angel of the Lord intervened, and here is the scripture. Abraham called the place where the Lord intervened because he was just about to kill his son, just about. And the angel said, stop, Abraham, stop. 
because he was told by the Lord to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And then Abram looked around. He looked around and he found a ram somewhere in the thicket. And he took him and Abram called this place Jehovah who knows that? All the Christians should know that. Jehovah? What? How come you know it? All right. Now the Bible says, Jehovah Yireh. That's the real Hebrew expression. We have anglicized it and say, Jehovah Jireh. No, it, it's been pronounced Jehovah Yireh. That means God has provided already. God has provided, and Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Jehovah Yireh. Amen. Hallelujah. God has provided, and we see throughout the Old Testament over and over again. And I realize something. If we do obey the Lord totally as Abraham was obeying here on Mount Moriah, there's something wonderful. There's an extra present. Did you know that? Yes. There's an extra present. Can we have it here? In Genesis chapter 22, the verses 14, 15, and 16. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven. The first time was this, don't do any harm to this lad. And then he did a second time. And what did he say? Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, he speaks in, in the words for God. I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly, hallelujah, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of the enemies. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, he was right. Abram didn't kill his son, but God couldn't hold him back. He said, Abram, I have time to tell you, because you were able and you were prepared to do that, I will greatly bless you. Amen. Do you want to have great blessings from the Lord? Obey the Lord and do what the Lord says. And there's this bonus unto it. I will greatly bless you. Hallelujah. Are you being greatly blessed? I am. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. Now, we read it further on. When Moses ordered 
to slay the Passover lamb. We know that, yes, in, in Exodus, what happened there then? There was God telling Israel through Moses already that, that what happened to this Passover lamb is going to happen when Jesus is going to come to this earth. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus was the Passover lamb. Now, it was there very clearly, and the blood of the Lamb was the sign for the angel of death to pass by the door. When the blood of the Lamb is being painted on the door of your heart, Satan has to pass by. He is not allowed even to knock at it. Amen? Hallelujah. He has to pass by. We sang in German when I was a boy. Anybody here believes that I was once a boy too? Yes, I was. I was. And there we had a song. It's in German, but you listen to me for many, many years now. By now you should have learned German, shouldn't you? When Satan kommt und klopft an meines Herzens Tür. When Satan comes and knocks at my, the door of my heart. Dann sage ich, nein, nein. Then I said, no, no. Hier ist kein Platz für dich. Hier ist no room for you. Jesus Christus wohnt in mir. My heart is already occupied with Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And then it says in German, dann dreht er um und geht davon. And it means, then it turns around and goes away. Hallelujah. The blood is the sign and was the sign on the doors of the Israelites in Egypt. Amen. Is your door of your heart being painted with the blood of the Lamb? If yes, Satan can't do anything on you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There are so many Christians who always say, well, I had a bad week. I always say, when people ask me, when or how was your week? I say, excellent. I have always good weeks with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter, you too, I can see it. Yes. I always have good weeks with Jesus. And that's because Jesus Christ lives within me. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now, let's go on in the Old Testament. When Israel murmured against the Lord and Moses, you know, there came some people out of Egypt as well, they were not all real Israelites. It was the mixed people. They liked the Jews. They were perhaps neighbors with the Jews and of the Israelites in Egypt. And they said, well, we would like to go with you as well. And this mixed people, they started to murmur. It was a trouble and they started to murmur. 
Now, God heard it. Moses heard it. Poor Moses. I wouldn't like to have a church like Moses had and go with them through the wilderness. I tell you what, that's not easy for pastors. Everything is being pushed onto the pastor. Is that right, Pastor Gary? Everything. You know? And they murmured against Moses and the Lord. And God sent him fiery serpents. What's God's method of educating them? If there's something, hardship coming in your life and you're right with God, don't worry, don't think it's something from the Lord to punish you. No, no, no. It might be something where the Lord is trying to educate you because there's still a long way to heaven and God wants us to be educated here in the school of Jesus Christ to be ready for heaven. Amen? So you get lessons. They're a little bit hard. A little bit hard. But it's good. Now what did the Lord say to Moses? Numbers chapter 21, verse 9. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a standard, on a post. And it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived, hallelujah. He was sinning against God and he was speaking up against God, against Moses and everything and even ladies were doing it. You know, when men speak about things, they call it discussing things. But if ladies speak about things, they call it gossiping. Now, <laughs> you understand that? No, no, we, we as men, we don't gossip. We discuss things. But then, when they looked up to the serpent that was raised on a pole, immediately the poison of the serpent disappeared and this person could walk freely hallelujah and that is with Jesus and this became if you read the Bible carefully in John chapter 3 as Jesus had this nightly visit from a man Nicodemus and this was the center and cardinal theme there when he talked to Nicodemus as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness saw the Son of Man will be lifted up and whosoever believes him in him will not perish, hallelujah, but lives, hallelujah, has eternal life. Amen. Are you rejoicing there? Oh, hallelujah, God bless you. Keep going to rejoice in the Lord. And there was a stubborn, silly prophet. We all read about him. His name was Balaam. He was, he was a prophet. 
but silly and stubborn and naughty. Do you know what the word naughty means? Naughty, yes. Thank you very much. Now I know the same thing I know you before. Something not good. He was naughty. And now, kids, don't worry about Santa Claus is not coming. He's not asking for you whether we're naughty or good. He's not coming anyway. Don't worry about it. Jesus has come. Jesus has come. Hallelujah. Now this naughty, stubborn prophet, his name was Balaam. Numbers 24, verse 7. And he said, I see. He was hired. He was a prophet for hire. That means if you wanted in those days something nice hearing about your future, you had to ring him up. And he would come and prophesy exactly what you wanted to hear. Isn't it wonderful? And that's the way. That's the way he was asked by Balak to come and prophesy against the people I've seen. There are people coming out of Egypt. They were washed with the blood of the Lamb, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, and come and put a curse on them. Can you do it? Balaam, can you do it? No worries. I will be there then and then. Because he was a naughty prophet. He was a stubborn prophet. And then when he was sitting on his donkey, going to that place, the angel of the Lord stood before the donkey. And the donkey had good eyesight. Really good. And he stopped. And Balaam gave him perhaps a kick with his foot. Go! And he didn't want to go. And Balaam thought, Balaam thought, I will go around this side because on the other side is a too deep a cliff I could fall off. I go rather secure on the side where the wall is. And he steered the donkey. And the donkey was going as fast as he could but his left leg right leg, wherever it was, was squeezed against the wall, against the wall of stone and rock. And he got angry and he hit this donkey. And there is a wonderful miracle. If a prophet speaks not the word of God, God uses a donkey and teaches the prophet a lesson. Didn't he do it? Yes. Oh, I can't go because the angel of the Lord is in front of me. I don't want to run over the angel of the Lord. A donkey has more respect for the things of God than some stupid and naughty prophets. They are still around nowadays too. And he said, but in spite of it, God could use him somehow. 
that he realized on Israel there's no nothing sticking on him. Okay, if you would curse Israel, nothing would stick on Israel. He realized that very soon because there was something going on. What was going on in Israel when he looked down from the mountain loft down to into the valley and saw Israel and he heard something. What was he hearing? I can hear a rejoicing of a king. You know, when Queen Elizabeth came here, every Aussie was out on the streets and was singing. Yes, were you? I wasn't here then. I hope you were. You were rejoicing for the queen. I, I got adapted now to the queen as well a little bit. I must say, I like the royalty in England. Not for the bad things they're doing now. But it's interesting. Now, he heard a shouting, as for a king. Hallelujah. And he said to himself, how could I possibly curse such a rejoicing people? My curse will not stick on it. You know, there's it's a game for the children. Oh, I have to stop soon. A, a game for the children. And it's a tennis ball. Who knows that game? game? And this tennis ball is very fluffy. You know what I mean? And then there's a round plate and you can put your hand in be, behind and you can play and the ball sticks here. So, but it didn't do that way with the curse towards Israel. It doesn't stick. It doesn't stick. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of Jesus. No, get, no matter what Satan will do, it won't prosper. And this man, all of a sudden, God changed his mind. And he said, well, I can see something. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter will rise from Israel. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He had to see the things which were real. Nobody else saw it. Could it be? Could it be? Don't hold this against me. There were three scientists in the East, perhaps from China, I don't know. China had then already in these days scientists, clever people. Clever people. And perhaps they saw a star. And this star led them to Jerusalem till the house where Jesus was when he was about two years old. You know that when he came to the house they didn't go to the stable. That scene was over. But Mary and Joseph 
were staying in a house. And they came to the place and they gave them wonderful gifts. That's where we have learned perhaps to give gifts on Christmas. For children, Christmas is all about gifts, is that right? If you don't have gifts for your children, that would, would be the greatest disappointment. Do you agree, all your children? Do you agree? Yes, I agree. Matthew, what about you? You would be disappointed too, yeah? Yes? I could have said, Gary, make sure he gets something. Something. <laughs> Oh, your mother has everything under control. That's good, wonderful. Now, I have to carry on. Each time the priest laid his hand on the goat for the sacrifice for the Lord on the head of the goat. You know the Bible. And it's good to read the Bible better than to read new ideas. You don't get new ideas anyway. But read the Bible, then the Lord can give you new life and also new ideas. There were always two goats. You know that. Two lambs. And there was one lamb and the priest had to cast a lot. One lot was for what? goat and what which was for the Lord there was a, a, a lot to be cast for the goat for God to become the burnt offering and then also the other was then determined by lot as well to be what what sin no it was called Azazel. Azazel. Yes, read it and I can tell you where it is. Leviticus chapter 16, verse 9. Aaron shall cast lot for the two goats. One lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. This Azazel was a scapegoat. And Jesus fulfilled both of them. Amen. Hallelujah. What did he do? On the Azazel, the priest laid his hand on it, not blessed it, but all the sins of Israel happened that year. We all accumulated and put upon this scapegoat. And then, what did he do with the scapegoat? They were sent into the wilderness and had to, to die there alone. And now I understand. I understand, and you would understand soon as well as I say it. When John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ, he saw him as a Lamb of God. And what did he say? Can I hear it? This is the Lamb of God. What? 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 Pardon? 
This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. And where did Jesus go led by the Spirit after he was baptized? Where? Chapter 4. Chapter 4 in Matthew. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And what then? And then Satan had a go at him. Didn't he? And he wanted to bring Jesus to fall. But Jesus didn't stumble. Because she was standing, Pastor Gary, on the promises of God. That's also one of your favorite songs. Is that right? <laughs> I know you. I know you. Hallelujah. So, and then the other goat was slaughtered and sacrificed for the Lord. Jesus went to Calvary. And as he went to Calvary, he was the Lamb of God. The lot was cast upon for God. Not just for us, for God, because God had to be a beast. There was the wrath of God upon us. Amen? That's why the Father couldn't look at Jesus and there at the cross. And Jesus gave his life for you and me. Now, this birth of Jesus Christ had to be a virgin birth. And I, I know the virgin birth of Jesus is an embarrassment for liberal theologians. But anyway, what would they know? They never came to Jesus with a sin. But for those who know it's by God, done by God, Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Son of God. And we can rejoice in that. And He gave His life for us. And that's why Jesus was not just a cute baby. And I know all the mothers believe that their baby is the most cutest baby in all the world. Is it right? Did I speak out of your hearts, mothers? Did I? It's true. It's true. Your baby was the most cutest baby in the world. Believe that and, and handle them that way. It's good. But Jesus is the only begotten Son. John chapter 1, 18. And I read it from the New American Standard Bible. And I read it also in Greek. And I confirm it. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten, what does it say there? Have you got it here? Oh, it says, the only begotten God. I know many other translations say, the only begotten Son. But if you want to hear it in Greek, monogenes theos. 
Theos is a word for God. Is that right, you Greek over there? The only begotten Theos. Jesus is God. If you neglect Jesus, you have neglected God at all. It says, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, who has explained Him. Hallelujah. I believe Jesus is God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, what did Joseph have to do with all of this? I told you, Joseph was not just pushed away. He had a plan in God's economy. First of all, he was the one, one who pronounced the most beautiful name. That is the name of Jesus. You remember a few weeks ago, my dear friend Andrew and I, we played you a wonderful song. The name of Jesus, the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All the names of this earth will dwindle away, but there's one name that will stand for all eternity. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible says here, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Isn't that a great job Joseph did? Yes. He pronounced it and said Jesus. That's why we have the name of Jesus in our Bible. When we preach of salvation, we preach of the name of Jesus. But there was something more he had to do, to do. He had to take Jesus to Egypt. And he got notified by email. You know what email is? Not email, no, 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 no. They were better than email is just something you can forget. A-mail. Angelic mail. He sent an angel down to Egypt and said, Joseph, it's time to come around. It's time because Herod is gone, no longer there. You can come now. Let me put it this way. Joseph was just. Jesus, uh, Joseph was just Mary's and Jesus' taxi driver. He took them, that's what the Lord said, take them there, and he came back with his taxi and brought them back. Remember, the first Adam made us to dying earth dwellers, taking from earth, returning to earth. The last Adam makes us to spiritual heaven dwellers, Born from above, being taken above. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand now the whole thing from God's perspective? No ginger bells and all that nonsense. And what you call it. 
No dreaming about white Christmas. Let the American dream about it, what they want. I'm not. I'm rejoicing. Jesus, the Savior, is born. Hallelujah. Can I hear a hallelujah from you? Hallelujah. Jesus, the Savior, is born. Are you a heaven dweller? I am. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Lord, who couldn't rejoice about this fact, what you have done through Jesus Christ, saved us, Lord, from all of our sins. I thank you, and I bless your wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, you are the Lord forever. Blessed be your name. Amen. Now.